Hello and welcome to the Desi Sportscast Cricket Show and it's a warm welcome to Prasan. How are you, my friend? Hi, Bharat. Uh, good to be here again. Uh, been a long time since we spoke cricket, actually. Last time we spoke, it was Kabaddi. So, good to be here. Unfortunately, no cricket uh, going on right now. But uh, great to be chatting with you, as always. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. And uh, you mentioned no cricket going. There was meant to be cricket happening. Uh, but like yeah. you say, it's been a long time since uh, we had a cricket show. I think it was uh, during the Sri Lanka tour. And yeah. there's a few sim- similarities in the way that ended and the England series ended. <laughs> and, um, it, it, you know, we say we're living in strange times, um, but uh, these are very strange uh, indeed in terms of uh, how in May that tour was affected by COVID. And then this tour has been affected by COVID in one way or another, or was it? And this is something I want to uh, get your views on as well in terms of, this has been a chaos. What a fantastic! Let's firstly say it's been a fantastic series. It's been great to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been tremendous. I think after the first test, uh, not a lot of people expected. Uh, you know, the next three games to sort of end with a result on the board. Uh, but with India winning two and England winning one, I think it was always going to be an exciting fifth test. Um, in some sense, I'd like to say it was the right decision made um, because when you consider a test match five days. Uh, if if any player or support staff again tests positive in the second, third, fourth, whatever day it is, you can't abandon the match midway. So I think that's that's pretty much one decision that was taken. But otherwise, in terms of uh, the test series, I think England definitely escaped uh, without losing 3-1. And uh, it certainly was on the cards uh, given how the England team was shaping up and what happened in that series. It, it, well, you know, I'm going to slightly... Um question you uh, in terms of you saying it's the right decision and we'll talk about that but really frustrating an an hour before the match was scheduled to start um, you know thousands of people had made taken days off uh, spent quite a bit of money a lot of money we know what it's like to uh, go to a game here overnight stays and what have you and to call off the game an hour before it's um, really really bad I mean I sort of you know, especially after the series we had, everybody was looking to, forward to this test because it, all yep. four test matches, even the first one that was washed out on the last day, the, it was brilliant cricket to watch. And, um, you know, thanks to both teams in producing that cricket. So it was a real downer when the news started trickling out that this is going to be cancelled because, you know, there was a couple of um, doubts a couple of days before with the Indian team testing positive, well, not the team, but a few of the squad and the backroom staff. But then we had the good news on Thursday evening that all the players had tested negative. And then you woke up on Friday morning and then the rumours started. And I'm thinking, you know, you say it's the right decision, but, you know, I think there's something else going on here because if everybody tested negative, so the squad was available, and Manchester being Manchester, a couple of the days were going to be difficult, let's say, if you look at the weather. Why not go ahead and play the test match? Well, I, I think to be very honest, uh, going by what the experts have said, I think um, especially someone like Nasser Hussain, uh, he didn't make uh, two short words of him saying that, you know, the IPL is probably the scapegoat for all of this. Um, the BCC obviously wanted to concentrate on the IPL and they were scared that some of the players wouldn't be available for the first, uh, the early phase of the IPL. But I think it's a lot more to that, you know, obviously in terms of an economic standpoint or in, in terms of the stakeholders or in terms of the fans who had bought tickets, um, it's obviously unfair on them because they aren't getting to watch a test match or, you know, or the the amount of money involved. Uh, I'm, I'm led to believe it's around 30 million that uh, the ECB is going to be losing um, given that this test match won't happen. But I think in terms of a humanitarian uh, perspective and in terms of what it was uh, going to mean to the players playing, obviously that there would have been that, that amount of scare. Uh, when England did uh, come away from the tour of South Africa, it was a limited over series. So it wasn't going to be a case of needing to play all five days of the test match uh, and, you know, give two, three tests every day, make sure the players are in the right spirits, the coaching sp- uh, staff in the right spirits. Um, so I, I think given the whole bubble transfer and the whole idea of being in that bubble, needing to uh, stay in there without too much uh, contact with the outside world, it's been very stringent on them. And I think it's only fair that the players were sort of given this, or rather the boards had a discussion and came to an agreement that they, the match will happen at a later stage, probably in the next summer. But right now, given the situation and given all that had transpired with the Indian coaching uh, staff for 
even even in terms of the just the one physio um the right decision was taken because again uh, you know we've heard that uh, the covid obviously does probably uh, appear or sort of the positive result does come out only after like 2 3 days and if that was the case if premier players were involved like let's say if virat kohli had contracted the virus they wouldn't have been able to stop the match midway that would have been worse than you know not even uh, playing the test match in the first place so i in that sense i think it was a it was a good choice that was made um eventually obviously you bring up all discussions around the ipl and i think bcci are happy with the decision i'd like to say that um they're certainly happy because now they have the players playing in the ipl and not necessarily going to be uh, undergoing a quarantine and then coming later but in terms of the decision that was taken i think it was taken in the right spirit and not necessarily just because of the ipl that's going to start on 19th and as you know there was a lot of talk and i saw a couple of shows where uh, the pundits back home were asking the guys here as to what the restrictions are what the bubble if there is a bubble and yeah. there isn't much of a bubble here at the moment england opened up in um, the summer and um, yeah. you've probably seen full crowds capacity crowds at the test grounds um, and other sporting venues um no uh guidance in terms of having to well there is guidance but it's not mandatory that you wear a mask the use of sanitizers is not as much as what it was even 6 months ago uh but i don't know if the indian team also fell into that mode of living as well because we know it was yeah. a very strict bio bubble for the world champion test world championship in southampton prior to that yeah. when india went to australia it was very strict in india itself yeah. when england came it was very strict so did india do you think the indian team management they should have stuck to that strict level of uh you know staying in the bubble and taking the precautions and not being as free as what england is absolutely i think uh, certainly the blame has to fall on both parties uh, but especially the, you know the indian contingent because oh, they england, they did england. let that down you know you're not going to pass some of the blame on to england are you no i mean it's about the restrictions i i honestly do bring up this javo incident I don't think they can be that stupid to let the man on the ground. I mean, either the ECB is in some capacity involved in it, or they can't be that you know that foolish to let a man just jump into the ground, go and you know crash into Bairstow and do all the antics that he did. Uh, but but I think like certainly the Indian contingent has to be blamed, uh, beginning with that Ravi Shastri book launch that happened. Mm-hmm. um obviously we we saw photos of that where i think kohli was also present in the event uh, there were about 100 150 people uh, without masks on um i think sun wrote a very scathing report about that uh, mm-hmm. you know in which they didn't mention that that very incident could have been you know the reason why uh, the sole incident happened in the first place and on top of that they also did mention that the indian team actually the players did take the train and not the coach to manchester um which could have been further uh, you know fueling factor to the whole incident that's happened so there's a lot of blame that has to fall on the indian players and the indian coaching staff for sure but you never know because the indian side of that is saying you know the lifts at the stadium the lifts at the hotel were in sanitized and there were you know the the hotel people as well in the in the same lifts and uh, you know just traveling with them and things like that so um obviously one party is trying to blame the other uh, the indian contingent is certainly at a bigger fault especially with the event that happened and them traveling in a train and not the coach uh, they certainly left let their guard down but i think uh, i mean we were chatting this before the show and you sort of said that the country is starting to live in the with the whole pandemic existing within the country and i think that's what the case is with india as well um, eventually we'll get to a stage where we'll be coexisting with the pandemic um so that's where it's got but unfortunately it led to this and i think it's a big it's a big learning curve for sure and um yeah we have to mention i mean they call it the elephant in the room but a lot of people have said it's the main reason why the bcci were very happy to have a new city itself they're happy with the way this been it's been cancelled um the ipl but uh, just before we talk about and the ipl and the repercussions that it could have had if a couple of players had tested positive um do you think india should have forfeited this match which is what a lot of england fans say they should have because it was down to the english indian team that the game was cancelled not because of the english team yeah i mean uh, i i could see that's smile on your face when you said india should have forfeited but i think you're innocent because that was in the initial and... ecb statement they did say that uh, india had forfeited 
Yeah, and uh, I, I don't even know whose powers uh, came to the fore, but they just removed the word forfeited from the statement. And I think it's, I think it's a simple case of innocent until proven guilty because you're never going to come down to the uh, case of why this happened um, because there could be like a million causes that really led to this. Uh, you know, one like I said, one's going to pinpoint the other and say, you did this, you did that. Uh, the England England party is going to say, Ravi Shastri book launch, you know, Indian players came in the train. India going to say, your rooms weren't sanitized, your hotels weren't sanitized. We didn't have a chance to come and coach and things like that. It's always going to be a to and fro sort of a thing. So I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of it, which is why I, I really didn't see a reason why India should have forfeited the match because we certainly had the bench players, you know, we, we had backups to play. Uh, it was a case of, you know, trying to be a little bit more uh, on the humanitarian and hygienic side of things because you never know. I mean, if, if all of your 11, 15 players test negative, but on the third day of the test match, let's say Rohit Sharma needs to go out to bat, but he's tested positive the previous night. Who are you going to send outside? You can't really get a, play, a player in because it's not a concussion substitute. So I think considering the complexities of what a test match brings to the fore, uh, and the whole uh, issue of the whole COVID scare that happened in the Indian camp, it was a decision taken. So I don't really see a need to have forfeited the test match. Um, I don't know why England uh, wrote that in the statement in the first place. I think they drew a lot of flack for that as well. But eventually they got rid of the word from the statement and it just says cancelled and will be played at a later stage for now. So I think BCCI and DCB have come to like a, a common point where they've decided that they will play it at some stage. But when that happens is a mystery to all of us. And um, I think this is also a reflection of the power of the BCCI. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because, <laughs> you know, for I mean, we were talking about the loss in uh, finances. Old Trafford hasn't got a test next year unless they reschedule this one for in, because India are coming back, aren't they, for a, a yeah. white ball series. Um, so I don't know if Old Trafford might get this test match back, but they've been preparing for this for a couple of years and they've lost a fortune. But the fortune can be re I mean, they can be compensated because of the power of the BCCI. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure that was part of the conversation that the BCCI, you know, insisted that the ECB change that statement. Um, from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when the MCC was ruling the roost, how to uh, tables <laughs> have changed. Yeah, I mean, you never know unless uh, there's a certain source for it. But there, there are probably a couple of under-table dealings that have happened. Uh, because uh, one statement from each of the boards will not uh, work towards making this a possibility. I mean, like I said, see, I mean, the whole point of BCCI and franchisees arranging chartered flight to fly their players out of the country um, immediately, you know, for them to come and quarantine for the IPL is obviously an easy scapegoat for anyone to yeah, capitalize on, you know. I read today, this morning, uh, that the Mumbai Indians contingent is already in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. yeah. They are, they are. And I mean, obviously the BCCI is going to do anything and, you know, they're going to pull out all the stops to make sure that the IPL starts on time. But let's not forget that the the IPL did stop as well. On May 4th, they did take a decision that they had to stop the IPL because of the pandemic. And now that it's happening again, obviously the BCCI has realized that they can't splurge a whole amount of money to reschedule it all over again. The logistics change it all over again. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously you and I can't, I mean, I definitely can't figure out if there are any under table dealings that have happened within the BCCI or with the BCCI and the ECB. Um, but for sure, I think there's something that's happened there because they've come to a mutual consensus saying we will play the test match at the later stage, but uh, the date and the time has, uh, hasn't has come out yet. So we'll just need to wait for that. I'm smiling because um, I have to play the devil's advocate. It's, it's fantastic for an Indian <laughs> sports board to be so powerful on the world stage. That they can literally. I'm not denying that at all. <laughs> that, that they are they they've, they've got so much power they can bully a center country into doing what they want. Um, but just playing the devil's advocate, is it good to have one board? Because if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I. I... It, it probably wouldn't have happened the other way around if uh, that's what you're uh, trying to say. Um, I, I don't think the ECB could have forced the BCCI to cancel a test match, which has ha which happened here. Uh, or, or it might have. I mean, I, I'm just saying the complexities that test match cricket really brings because of all the, you know, it, it's the five-day action that happens. And I think um, that's also why the Ranji Trophy wasn't played last year, simply because it was very, very hard, uh, you know, for the BCCI to organize this, this three-month period, put these teams in the bubbles, uh, five-day matches. So, it's very hard when it comes to test cricket. And ODI, 
for example, you know, the T20 was rescheduled. Uh, the India-Sri Lanka T20 was rescheduled because it was just the one. It was just a matter of a day, and uh, that wasn't a problem at all. So, I, I'm just saying, only because this is Test cricket, I think it wasn't a problem for the uh, uh, ECB. Or obviously, they did have a whole lot of losses. But I'm sure, you know, with your understanding of uh, BCCI's power, um, they would have certainly evened out the playing field a little bit, if not leveled it. Well, I'm not sure about leveled it, not anymore. I think that's gone. But it, 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 you have to smile when one of our federations has got so much power. It, 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 it's, it's, uh, <laughs> we should make the most of it. And uh, long may it continue. Uh, we, we'll probably get... Uh, you, can, you can just think um, the conversations when Australian board members meet the English board members uh, and <laughs> you can just think, you know, what they're thinking, that we used to have this sort of power and control. But, uh, yeah, but let's talk about the series because it was a fantastic four-test series and um, I think a lot of credit has to go to... Well, Virat is getting... I'll share it. He's getting a lot of credit for boosting the image of uh, test cricket because if India takes Test cricket seriously, and we were just talking about the power of BCCI in Indian cricket, then it has a huge impact. Um, and India always get fantastic support no matter where they go. They sell out crowds. They are box office, let's face it. But it's yep, the yep. brand of cricket that Virat has brought in. He wants to win. And we saw that yep. in Australia, though. He wasn't there, but it's his team. And it's his mentality that <laughs> yep. seems to uh, percolate in terms of the way the team plays. Um, how was the test series for you? Yeah, it, I mean, I, I think it was it was great to see different performers uh, step up at different stages of the test series. You know, KL Rahul with the century at Lords, uh, Rohit Sharma scoring his first overseas century, Shardul Dakur with those twin half centuries, Mohamed Chami slamming Moin Ali out of the stadium to score his half century, Jaspreet Bumrah, uh, you know, getting that pull shot all the way over the fence. Um, you know, him him obviously producing that that amazing spell in the fourth test to get India back in the game on the uh, in, in that precarious situation. So I think we've had a lot of really really good performers. Um, Umesh Yadav, I think, was someone who really impressed me because he's been on the he's been on the sidelines for quite some time because um, no one really talks about him. Everyone just talks about Ishan, Shami, Bumrah. These three big names, but Umesh Yadav really, really made himself, um, you know, available, and he he sort of like really stood out uh, in in some manner of speaking. And I think for me personally, the ball to get Joe Root bowled was the ball of the uh, series. Um, you know, the way Zach back in and uh, went through his defenses. So I think Umesh Yadav really stood out as well. Um, and in some sense, I think we got to see a different version of Pujara as well. For all that people spoke about him. Uh, the number of times Virat Kohli said outside noise, outside noise. I think uh, Pujara really stood out with his aggressive approach. Um, unfortunately, the only one thing we didn't get to see is Rahane uh, scoring runs. Uh, that's That's been a problem for some time now. But I think it's certainly going to uh, sort of change, uh, hopefully, once uh, we start playing matches in India. And I think I, I'd also like to sort of take that very thing that you said about Virat Kohli and the attitude he brings to the fore, uh, sort of stitch it with the previous point that we spoke about. I think that's exactly why people shouldn't be uh, you know, misguided in some sense and say that India didn't want to play this test. Because what Virat Kohli has done to test cricket is unparalleled. No other captain in Indian cricket has been able to uh, get so many people into stadiums, get them to watch Test cricket and elevate this Indian team to a level where they want to win matches. Test cricket for a long time, I think Kevin Peterson also tweeted the other day that he expects only a few teams to play Test cricket by 2026 and he doesn't expect New Zealand to be a part of it and they are the WTC champions. And, you know, that's a big thing coming from, you know, someone like Kevin Peterson. So. Obviously, the way Virat Kohli has elevated this team, the way he's given it a new facelift, I think is phenomenal. And for a long time, uh, I mean, people might say that it's just something he says in front of a camera. But Virat Kohli has really, really prioritized Test cricket, um, you know, and, and the way he plays it, the way he infuses that energy into the team. So, I definitely don't think it was an easy way out for the Indian team to sort of go into a quarantine and then directly go into the IPL. It was, it was a case of battling the inner demons to sort of figure out what they can do. And eventually, it was a it was a decision taken to make sure that these players. Obviously, it was also about the IPL because if they were to uh, get the virus, then they'd have to quarantine for ten days, and then the IPLs there, and they miss out a chunk of it. So the IPL would have certainly played a role, but I think it'd be fairly un, un um, I mean unfair to say that uh, this was done just for the uh, sake of the IPL. Yeah, and I think you make a very good point that you know Virat is one of those he wants to win everything. <laughs> 
Um, yep. And uh, I think even when he's going to play with any game with his daughter, he'll probably um, try and win that as well. But he's got that mentality, and there's <laughs> no way he would have forfeited this game because you know yep. he's a born winner and he hates losing, and you can see that um, when he plays. Um, and to win the Patori Trophy after so long, it would have been a feather in his cap because you know, yep. he's not he didn't get the credit for the win in Australia that went to Rahane quite rightly. Rahane. Um, yep. but um, yeah, I think that's another maybe a reason why, yeah, there were the decision was taken rightly. But just focusing on the cricket and um, the actual series, and you mentioned a couple of players. Um, and a couple of bowling performances. Uh, one that I wrote down was, uh, in terms of what stood out for me, was Suraj's bowling in Lords, and obviously yeah. Bumrah's uh, spell uh, in the fourth test. Which one did you think was the better one? Because everybody ra rates, obviously, Bumrah as one of the best ever. But I thought Suraj, when he was bowling that spell at Lords, it, it was like an unbelievable spell. Yeah, he was really breathing fire and, uh, you know, obviously Sam Curran, I think, will have very, very unfortunate memories of uh, his batting in that uh, particular test match. And he was just a wicket away, you know, from getting on the Lord's board, uh, Siraj, in that match. And I think he's really he's really built that passion inside him. He wants to take wickets. Um, he's, I mean, it's pretty clear that he wants to silence his critics all the time. Uh, he has that winning attitude. He, he sort of really, he sort of transformed into a fantastic uh, red ball bowler. Um, you know, the, the the amount he was ridiculed during the previous IPL from there uh, to have performed well in the IPL to come here uh, and obviously lead the bowling attack in Australia, come here to England and put up a phenomenal performance, I think is a sign of him maturing as a really good bowler. And I, I think bang on, I really agree with you there when you say that Siraj was a lot more impressive than what Bumrah was in the fourth test. And uh, I think like him being added to that uh, trio of Ishan, Shami and Bumrah is doing really, really well in terms of uh, giving this Indian bowling attack a lot of teeth. I think for a long time, uh, the Indian bowling attack was being spoken of, of just, the, just the side which relied on its spinners at home. Uh, but with this bowling attack right now, I think uh, we're certainly world beaters, not only in home conditions, but abroad as well. Yeah, and I think um, he's not the find of the tour, but uh, you know he, he, can, he can be added to that bench strength that we've got of fast bowlers that you mentioned there, including Umesh. Um, and in terms of... Um, the batting, the bat uh, the performances, obviously the standout has to be Rohit's uh, first century and what a crucial century it was. Yeah, fantastic. I think um, in, in the press conference as well, he was asked, uh, do you rate this as your best century? And he was like, yeah, obviously it's my first overseas test century. So um, it was great to see the way he approached that innings as well. Uh, you know, obviously in India, we have a very, very superstitious approach to cricket. Uh, we, we don't tend to change positions. We sit on the same couch. We don't tend to take the player's name until they get to the three-figure mark, and I think that was the uh, that was that was obviously something that we followed as well. But uh, really, kudos to Rohit uh, for uh, for taking that approach. You know, uh, really through this test series, he's been very, very um, you know, he's adapted fantastically well, and I think he's that's been his uh, the code for his success. Absolutely, um, and it's it's also been very tough for him. You know, with a lot of people think that uh, the aggressive batting comes naturally for him, but He's also played those knocks where he scored 10 runs of 90 balls, 20 runs of 100 balls, 30 runs of 100 balls. And it's been very hard for him. So for him to come out of that, for him to, uh, you know, put those, uh, you know, put those issues aside and put up that uh, performance, I think was phenomenal. And uh, I, I think he was also the standout batsman for me um, in this whole series from the Indian team. Well, I think uh, also uh, credit needs to go for KL as well. Uh, he stepped up at the last minute as opener. And everybody knows that uh, India had the worst of the conditions apart from the first test where they had to open in typical Indian uh, England um, conditions were overcast and um, uh, but he he stepped up as well yeah kale was fantastic I think um, he's he's someone who really uh, obviously loves playing uh, I mean opening the batting uh, he's done that very successfully as well even in domestic circuit he opens the batting for Karnataka um, obviously a very different challenge um, you know to bat in English conditions but I think he's done he's done really really well uh, to keep Mayank Agarwal out of the side who is the regular opener of this of the team um, I think he did a great job and uh, you know honestly KL Rahul 
uh, the way he's also matured. I think a lot of players we've seen, uh, you know, have played their roles to perfection. You know, KL Rahul obviously is one. Mohammad Siraj, Shardul Thakur for his counter-attacking batting, and obviously his bowling as well, where he was uh, pretty accurate in terms of what he did. Um, I think overall we've seen a lot of players uh, come out of their shell and really express themselves and. Uh, I think it was a great test series, a very satisfying one, if I may say. Well, you named him, and I wasn't going to name him. I was going to say the person whose name we don't take, <laughs> for obvious reasons, and uh, uh, listeners of this show will know why. But, wow, uh, we've got a, a genuine all-rounder there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think uh, that's why a lot of people expected him to be a part of that T20 World Cup squad as well, uh, going by what he did in that test series. Um, and I think and, he and should I have been. He was, we'll talk about the T20 yeah. World Cup, but just put it on record. I think he should have been. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, the the way he sort of um, really, uh, like I said, came out of his shell. I think it wasn't expected for him to uh, do such a great job. Uh, but overall, I think the way he played um, was uh, was great. And uh, I mean, uh, he he sort of bailed India out of trouble on a lot of occasions, especially with the 36 ball 57 that he scored. Um, it wasn't easy, you know, for him mm. to sort of come out there with all the top order batsmen failing, middle order batsmen failing. Uh, but he really expressed himself well, and uh, you could see the celebration. It just—it seemed like he'd beaten, you know, Brian Lara's 400 uh, <laughs> not out, and uh, with that half century. But uh, really, you know, for these players to sort of uh, be on the benches for so many years and come and perform this well when given the opportunity, I think it's it's great signs for Indian cricket. And you alluded to uh, Stardur stepping up when the uh, middle order and lower middle order are disappointed, but we've grown a tail. Our tail has disappeared, basically. <laughs> what a performance yeah. by the bowlers. Uh, in, in Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. I think, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, none of them really did mention that it was Vikram Rathor who worked with them. Uh, but I'm sure it was uh, Vikram's, uh, you know, the batting coach who really uh, put put the efforts in with the boys. I think there was, there was a very interesting um, conversation that Dinesh Karthik had with Bumrah uh, that was uh, on Sky uh, Cricket YouTube, uh, where Bumrah says no one takes us seriously as yeah. batsmen. You know, we we really actually put in the effort, but no one takes us seriously. And he specifically mentioned that you know the Indian team is in a phase where they've discussed that. Uh, the bowlers have realized that they need to make uh, contributions low down the order and how much ever runs they score will obviously uh, you know benefit the team a lot more so uh, that shamra partnership that happened shardul takur scoring the runs i think like you mentioned the tail certainly disappeared and i hope it doesn't come back anytime soon because that's not something we need and it was a joy to watch because there was a lot of intensity in terms of the passion from both sides. We saw that. It didn't cross any lines, yeah. in my opinion. But it was great to see. Uh, but the, uh, the Indian tail, I keep calling it tail, let's not call it that. The Indian lower order really stood up. <laughs> they weren't scared of the uh, intimidation. Um, and in fact, they turned the matches around in, in, in terms of when they came in, England were on top. But due to their performances in a few of the tests, they put England in the back foot. They really stood yeah, up. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, you know, with, with that partnership, especially between Shami and Bumrah, uh, Shami scoring that half century and Bumrah complimenting him. I think that's what really got India away from that 181 for six to actually put up like a fairly decent total, which challenged the English batsmen. Um, and if not for that, and if, if not for Shardul's twin half centuries, I think we would have certainly been in a whole lot of trouble. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, them putting up those contributions was important because the middle order didn't really fare too well. Uh, you know, let's be honest. Yeah. They, they didn't, they weren't consistent at all. Mm. Um, and in fact, I think Bumrah had a better average at the end of the series than Rahane did. So, uh, that just goes on to show, you know, how much they've worked towards batting. They've realized that the team needs it. Um, and that's pretty much why they went out and did what they did. And uh, it was, while you were saying that, it just made me... Uh bring a smile to my face that you know we saw the intensity and the aggression from the Indian players in terms of the verbals as well and the yeah. um, bowling against Anderson which didn't oh, yeah. go down with England but you know the power <laughs> the BCCI has is being reflected on the pitch the guys are so aggressive <laughs> and so passionate and you know on the front foot and you know we used to get this for years and I've said it a long time for a long time that I enjoy the aspect of the Indian team changing, not just in Indian cricket, to be fair, in all around Indian sport. They're a lot more confident going out and standing up to anybody in the world and saying, you yeah, know, we're as good as you, if not better. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I'd say that's again, an, uh, that's again a trademark Virat Kohli thing that's uh, sort of been rubbed onto the team. 
Um, and uh, I, I remember this once ledging incident that happened between Steve Waugh and Parthiv Patel, where uh, I, I think Parthiv Patel was trying to sledge Steve Waugh. And he said, uh, you know, uh, some, something about him being in his nappies when uh, Waugh made his debut. And uh, that that's like one of the biggest, I mean, one of the most, um, you know, uh, funniest sledges that I can think of. So I think that's going to happen with Anderson as well, you know, 20, 25 years down the line when all of all of the current Indian cricketers, uh, kids come and play for India. Anderson's going to say, guys, you were in your nappies when I was rolling out your uh, your fa- your fathers on the cricket field. So, um, I mean, Anderson's absolutely ageless. And and you could see that, you know, he, he was getting so riled up. You could see that uh, every ball that hit him, he was groaning in pain. And uh, you could see that he was, he, was, he was waiting for the short ball a lot more than those full deliveries. And that 10 ball over from Bumrah to Anderson, I think, uh, is, is easily the best thing I've seen for a long time. So, and t- uh, yeah, fantastic. I think that knocked his confidence in terms of batting because I've seen Anderson block and stay there for a while. But whenever he came yeah. on, you just knew. he he. You know, like when you go into a football pitch, you see the opposition and you lose before you kick a ball. He was out before he even got to the crease and took his guard. <laughs> you could just see in his face. I think that spell really knocked his confidence. Well, after Headingly, of what happened, um, I think Jack Leach should always be the number 11. I'm going to finish <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> and what was, I mean, this was all summed up by that 60-over game at Lords because that's what it was in the end on the fifth day. And the way the yeah. team talked with Virat. And from the first over, and you saw Siraj running in, all the players giving verbals, um, it, it's just brilliant to watch as an Indian supporter. Uh, but um, I have to say that uh, it didn't go down well in the press in terms of the bowling against Anderson. <laughs> the aggression of Virat Kohli didn't go down well at all. Uh, you know, we know how he pumps up after each, he's, how he celebrates after each wicket. Um, yeah. It's, it's good to see, uh, let's put it that way, because we've taken a lot when uh, the Indian team comes to England and other teams <laughs> as well. So it was brilliant to watch. Uh, but in terms of that one blip, which was the third test, and it's the only toss Virat has won as well, um, what do you put that down to? Because that was, you know, an aberration, I would have said, that 78. Yeah. I, I think he should just stick to losing the toss because it, it just seems to be working in his favour. Uh, you know, if he wins tosses, he loses games and that's become too much of a pattern. But yeah, I, I think, I think honestly, uh, it, it, was a, it was a mix of... The England bowler, bowl, uh, England bowlers bowling really good lines, and uh, the Indian batsmen throwing away their wickets, um, because I don't think there were too many unplayable deliveries in that um, in that particular innings. It was more about the Indian batsmen trying to fish outside the off stump and uh, sort of trying to play, um, you know, shots which they didn't need to. So. It is probably a culmination of all of that, and eventually it led to that uh, unfortunate score, which from which we could never come back. Because when you're defending, or rather, when you're trying to keep the lead uh, to a very, very low total when you've got bowled out for 78. It's always a tough task. So, uh, I wouldn't be too harsh. I think it was one of those off days, so to say. And um, hopefully, they learn a lot from that, that they probably shouldn't be chasing anything outside of. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, even on the, uh, was it the fourth day when, um, uh, well, just going back to the test, I, uh, on the first day, I thought having won the toss, he should have brought England in because of the yeah. demoralizing defeat they had at Lords, and the ba- the batsmen would have been not full of confidence going in so I think the the call was wrong in that place but even then you know when he came to bat was it fourth or fifth day um, I thought it could put in a decent total because they did well to get back into the game but then yeah. there was that collapse that really sealed the fate uh, but again great cricket to watch and um, a brilliant, brilliant series. And a lot of players stepped up, like we said. Uh, but in terms of your man of the series, I mean, there wasn't one awarded. So we have to uh, say, who do you think in the four test series, who would that award go to for you? I think overall, in terms of consistency, um, I, I was really impressed with the way Rohit Sharma approached his batting. Um, he obviously set up quite a few big totals for us, uh, you know, with his century as well, laying a very good platform. So I think overall, in terms of consistency, uh, I'm a little torn between uh, Bumrah and Rohit Sharma, but I'd like to say uh, Rohit Sharma for uh, the way he really set up the innings. Because, I mean, like we spoke um, earlier, you know, it, it's very easy to be a bowler in England um, because the conditions obviously favor you. Um, if you probably come to India, 
that's that's probably going to be harder uh, for you to bowl with this with the new ball and uh, you're not going to have too many uh, too much of swing uh, up your alley so i think rohit sharma needing to adapt in terms of both countering the swing early on uh, weathering that early storm from the england bowlers and also counter attacking in some sense at later stages of his innings um, i think that's very impressive to see so for me rohit sharma is the man of the series yeah i can't argue with that i think uh, absolutely and um, his last inning was pivotal in that victory but i also have to give you know you mentioned the bowling conditions uh, when we come on, came on to the fifth day um, in the fourth test, all the pundits in the morning were saying, "Oh, if only Ashwin was here." This Ashwin, is really made for Ashwin. Uh, but it was <laughs> not the topic. Nothing else. It was just no Ashwin. Yeah, Why? <laughs> exactly. And uh, what a performance by the uh, seam bowlers with the reverse thing, which nobody expected. Yeah, I mean, uh, phenomenal. I think I, I think that's where that's where this Indian team has come. You know, uh, uh, the amount of trust and amount of investment that's put into the bowlers. I think uh, it's it's a great sign of where Indian cricket has really grown uh, in terms of stature. Uh, like I said, you know, with with no more uh, just a team which depends on spin. Earlier, we used to be forced to play both Ashwin and Jadeja because our seamers wouldn't be picking too many wickets. But now, in foreign conditions and even back at home, our seamers are capable of taking all ten wickets. Um, and that's a great sign. So, uh, in hindsight, it's easy for everyone to say that Ashwin should have played. I think there was no one uh, a lot more aggressive than Nasser Hussain when he said Ashwin should have played. Ashwin should have played. Mm. Uh, Hussain probably even called Kohli a hundred times and <laughs> irritated him with saying Ashwin should have played. But eventually, all of that, uh, you know, all of that didn't matter, and uh, it was a fantastic win. And uh, just to sum up, I, I think we're going to say that you know we won the series uh, 2-1. That's the way <laughs> it is at the moment. So we're going to call it a win, an incredible performance, uh, especially coming back after that defeat in the third test. Incredible performance winning in Australia uh, with that last test match that will stay in our memories forever. And now we've got the last barrier, as it were, South Africa coming up in the winter. How much are you looking forward to that? Because all oh, of a sudden, like we said at the start, Test Series is really back on. Yeah, totally. I think, um, but, the un- but the only unfortunate part I see there is I hope that South Africa play their full strength uh, team because they've obviously had quite a few issues, you know, uh, with their batting order, uh, with their bowlers unavailable for major parts of tours. But I, I genuinely, you know, they've changed captain so much uh, from Faf to Plessy. They've gone to Quinton de Kock. Uh, they had Aidan Markram somewhere in between there. Now they're at Dean Elgar. Uh, Tembu, Temba Bavuma has also been there for the limited over series. So the, so the team's seen a lot of change. Um, I think uh, with with the obviously the big big wigs over there in the CSA as well with Graham Smith and Mark Boucher. I hope that they put up a good full strength squad because it's going to be an absolutely scintillating series to watch if that happens. Um, so very very excited. I think um, I was really jumping around when I saw the schedule that came out. So uh, uh, very excited and uh, I hope we get to see a good series. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's not the South Africa of um, quite a few years ago, it has to be said, you know, but it still be an incredible achievement to win there. But just very quickly, it just, it just made me think, you know, that in terms of winning away, do you think New Zealand is now the hardest place to win? For sure, I think um, I I think the that team is absolutely amazing. I th- you know, the, the best part about New Zealand is they haven't changed their team for a long time. Uh, you know they've they've got the same performers over there. They've got the Saudis, the Bolts, uh, Jamieson's coming into the side now. They've got Colin de Grandhomme, Neil Wagner, uh, Kane Williamson's obviously there, Henry Nichols, Tom Latham. They've got the players who've been there for so many years, and they've got used to those situations. They play together as a team, um, and I think now this Indian team, you know, having performed that well in Australia and having performed that well in England now, I think uh, if we go to New Zealand and play, it's going to be absolutely amazing to watch that series. Um, what happened last time around was probably uh, down to lack of application and all of that. But with the newfound belief in this team, I think it's going to be brilliant to play over there again. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it just goes to show where the, this Indian team is that we're looking forward to test cricket so much and can't wait for the South Africa series. Because in between, we've got the small matter of the IPL and then obviously <laughs> the T20 World Cup. And, uh, you know, we, we, we spoke about it uh, a few minutes ago about uh, Ashwin had to be in yeah. the squad. Why wasn't he in this team? Why wasn't he playing test cricket? <laughs> well, I've just brought up the, uh, the Indian squad on the screen and he's made it into the T20 World Cup. Expl- 
explain that one to me first before we go through the uh, the uh, the whole squad i think i think for starters ashwin is always going to be in the picture especially given um, you know how how much experience he has and obviously washington sundar being un- unavailable because of injury um obviously he's pulled out of the ipl as well so i don't think they'd have wanted a bowler who who has who uh, was injured in the ipl and come into the t20 world cup directly uh, so in ashwin they've got someone who's got a lot of experience um obviously the last t20 he played for india was back in july 2017 if i'm not wrong uh and you know since then he's obviously been a consistent performer in the ipl um captain the punjab kings he's played for the delhi capitals obviously was out with a with an injury uh, for for a major part of last season that's why akshar patel's come back in um because obviously he had a great ipl phase 1 um you know I, ipl as well ipl 2020 he had a great season so ashwin in terms of his experience uh, they also need a finger spinner because they've gone with like a whole bus of uh, you know wrist spinners and leg spinners in that side um so they needed someone who can really bring that uh, off spin variety into the side uh, krishnappa gautam obviously hasn't played a lot of cricket for him to be picked up uh, if you look at the others like jayant yadav jalat saxena none of them have been too impressive in some sense so i think ashwin was the obvious um, answer to their question of who's going to be that off spinner and rightly so i think um, like we've been speaking about ashwin in the test side that's not happened so i think kohli went to the selectors and said okay at least pick him in the t20 squad because that's going to silence a lot of people and I, I i don't know if my memory serves me right but it's something that we were talking about at the start of the start of the year whether ashwin can get into the t20 world cup and yeah. um he, you know he's not like you said he's not played since 2017 when he played against the west indies so and obviously for him to come back into this format it, i mean where's his where's his performance come from that justifies his place so i know you're saying he we need that uh, off spinner on in there but you know in terms of, he's not played any cricket for what four or five months yeah i i think ashwin's selection in the side is not purely based on what's happened in the past four or five months but i think it's it's a it's an acknowledgement of all that he's done to improve himself as a bowler over the past one or two years um i i think i mean a lot of people why nasir hussain kept harping on the fact that ashwin should play ashwin should play even if the conditions don't suit him is because he has so many deliveries up his alley you know um he's a master trickster obviously it comes with experience uh, even if you consider someone like washington sundar you know he doesn't have that much variation in his um, uh, in his bowling as much as ashwin does you know with the carom ball with the drifter with the off spin with the top spin and all that he has um i think he's really matured as a bowler uh, he's really got a lot of new uh, deliveries up his sleeve and he's he's 100% going to be a handful on those uae pitches because once they start drying up you know after the ipl the pitches will turn uh, they will produce a lot of spin um, they'll start to crack up a lot more and that's exactly when ashwin comes into the picture in test cricket so if he can do it in test cricket he's certainly going to do it in t20 cricket as well and before we talk about a couple of players that uh, I want to highlight because there's no major surprises but there's a couple of major surprises in the omissions uh yeah. Shikhar Dhawan and obviously Chahal your thoughts on both of those because if we're talking about recent performances Chahal has went to Sri Lanka he's played uh, yeah. T20 cricket more recently as well than let's say Ashwin I think Chahal's case is very very unfortunate um I'd like to say it's a lot more unfortunate than Shikhar Dhawan's case uh simply because even until the sri lanka series and even in the england series uh usually the chahal was our lead spinner mm. unfortunately kohli underbowled him in the ipl um underbowled him in the england series and for fair reason because he was he was proving to be expensive um it just seemed like you know he was using that just that one wide and slow delivery that he bowls outside the off stump to right handers uh but i mean that said i uh, there was a phase where uh, we had kulcha in the side um and now we don't even have kul we don't even have cha so it's it's all down to new spinners it's all down to varun chakravarty rahul chahar you know use uh, ravi ashwin jadeja so uh, it's very harsh on chahal i think he should have at least been in the reserves but given that they already have gone in with five spinners uh, chahal didn't make the side and as for davan um, i actually wrote an article uh, and i spoke to someone from the bcci and they said that it's because of shikhar davan's conservative batting approach but the man scored 380 runs from eight matches in the ipl and uh, he's looked in very very fine touch so they've instead gone for someone who's a little bit more fearless with the bat uh, in ishan kishan 
uh, who obviously impressed uh, in his debut series and has done well for Mumbai as well. So uh, it's a culmination of a lot of factors, but um, I think it's a lot more unfortunate for Chahel than it is for Shikhar Dhawan. And in terms of um, the spinners, you, you've mentioned it a couple of times that we've gone in with five spinners and uh, the IPL is going to be played, what, 30, 40 games plus? So is yeah. that a plan of the power of the BCCI that they're going to make sure these, these tracks are going to be heavily used, uh, the light roll or heavy roller to make sure they're dry and what have you. By the T20 World Cup and the ICC uh, ground staff come, they won't be able to do anything with the pitches and they'll be slow turners. Yeah, I mean, before that, I, I think you should really add power of the BCCI to your Twitter bio because it, this seems to be a favorite phase right now. <laughs> no, but for sure, I mean, um, uh, jokes apart, I, th I think that that's certainly something they're looking for. Um, you know, I, I think England have missed the trick with their provisional squad. Uh, they've gone in with just two spinners in Adil Rashid and Moin Ali. India have gone in with five. And uh, obviously, last time as well, we saw that the UAE pitches did provide a bit of turn. Um, and India will be playing in both Abu, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. We're not going to be playing a single match in Sharjah. Mm. Uh, obviously, the boundaries are bigger. But that said, I think Abu Dhabi and uh, Dubai suited a lot, little bit more pace than uh, the pitch at Sharjah. And going in with, this, with just three pacers in Shami, Bhuvi and Bumrah, uh, with uh, you know Deepak Chahar in the reserves, I think is, is a little bit of a tactical flaw. But that said, we're always, I think we're going to be playing three spinners in the first mm. 11, including Jadeja. And uh, that's why given the pitch, given how it'll dry out and how it, it won't be fresh uh, ahead of the T20 World Cup, that's a definitive uh, analytical plan that they've gone for. And we mentioned uh, the comeback of Ashwin. We have to mention the comeback of Bovi as well. Um, because um, when we last spoke, um, he wasn't certain to get into this T yeah. T20 World Cup squad. Or <laughs> Even though I, I and you do, I know, you really hate, rate him as well. Um, were you surprised to see him come back? Absolutely not. I think uh, he's he's been a lead pacer. Um, you know, obviously he's had his fair share of injuries. Uh, it, it's been very unfortunate for him in some sense that he's had to miss out on a chunk of the action. Uh, but he looked really convincing in the series against Sri Lanka. Uh, obviously, he will be uh, you know leading the pace attack for the Sunrisers as well in the IPL. Uh, he's he's been fantastic up front with the new ball and in the uh, death overs as well with the change of pace and his Yorkers. So. I think uh, I think he's a welcome addition. Um, he's certainly someone who uh, is very, very is rated very highly in the Indian uh, circuit as well. And good to see Bhuvi back in the T20 World Cup squad. Um, the next one that was um, slightly not concerning for me was that um, I read quite a bit that Hardik's going to be fit enough to bowl. You know, he's allocated yeah. four overs, but we've seen him bowl last time in Sri Lanka, which wasn't let's face it, most impressive spell that he's ever bowled. Um, and we spoke earlier about the case, certainly for me, that Shardul made to make in, uh, get into this squad. Um, what do you think of the selection of Hardik and his potential as a bowler and having Shardul in the reserve list? I, I think it's very it's going to be very important for Hardik to bowl in the IPL and bowl quite a bit. Um, I, I think um, that's a message that uh, probably the, uh, the Indian team management would have given Rohit Sharma as well to get Hardik Pandya to bowl a lot more because obviously while the IPL is uh, probably the, um, everyone's eye candy, uh, the D20 World Cup is something that's going to be very, very important. And you know, like we've discussed, uh, we've gone in only with three pacers in the main 15-man squad. Uh, and although we might not play all three on any given day, that just means Hardik Pandya's overs will be a lot more crucial than if we play all three seamers. And obviously, Hardik is a very, very good bowler as well. You know, he's not like just a part-timer who's going to give you two overs and, you know, he'll be taken for 18 runs. He's someone who's a wicket-taker. He has those cutters, but it's going to be very, very important for him to start bowling as well. Because like we've mentioned in the past, his value as an all-rounder is a way bigger asset than him just being a batsman. Um, so anyway, if we're going to be batting until about 6-7 with Jadeja at 7 and then the four bowlers, uh, we need Hardik Pandya to be able to bowl as well to provide that extra cushion for Virat Kohli to experiment. So I think beginning with the IPL, Hardik Pandya will need to bowl a lot more to get him in shape for the T20 World Cup. And you mentioned uh, Jadeja coming at number 7. So if I was to just go through what the possible lineup would be, it'd be Rohit and KL opening, Virat number yep. 3, Sky at number 4. Uh, Pant at number five and Hardik at number six and Jadeja at number seven. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd I'd say I'd say we'd go with that. 
um, probably Hardik Pandya would come above Rishabh Pant for me. Uh, because if Pant is given that license to kill, I think he's a fair, he's a lot more better than if he if he needs to sort of knock it uh, for singles and doubles. So I think uh, Pant at six, Hardik at five, and uh, Jadeja at seven. And who would your four bowlers be? Uh, I'd go with Bhuvi. Um, obviously, I'm I'm also going to pick Bumrah in that side. Um, I'll go with Varun Chakravarti to start off, and um, probably Ravi Ashwin as well. Oh, for a minute, I thought Ashwin wasn't going to be selected either on this one. <laughs> and everyone would be calling for Ashwin to be selected throughout the tournament. Um, but no, I think uh, nobody can argue with that selection. Um, the questions will be if there's a, a replacement needed. And one of the talk has been, and it, well, last time we spoke, I think there was talk that uh, Virat would look at opening um, with Rohit in the T20 World Cup. And, you know, but that has been... You know, the, the stuff that I've read, they've said that he won't be opening. And if we need to replace some opener, it'll be Ishan Kishan. Well, if he wants to open, he can. He's the captain and no one's going to tell him anything about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he needs to open because uh, Kohli himself has been, a, has been a very, very big advocate of uh, Rahul opening in the T20s. And obviously, Rohit Sharma is going nowhere because he's our best opener. So, I think Rahul and Rohit should certainly open. Uh, in terms of an ICC event, I don't think there's too much room for experimentation. Uh, Ishan Kishan is there, obviously, as a backup opener only. Um, and as a floater to play in that number three to number six position. So, I, I think Kohli should definitely stick to number three because that's something that served him well um, in the past uh, of T20 as well. But I, you know what's interesting is for me is is if he opens in the IPL, which I'm pretty sure he's going to be doing, uh, he'll need to get back into his number three mode for the T20 World Cup. So that's going to be an interesting shift. But uh, given the quality of player he is, I don't think it should be a tough ask for him at all. And you mentioned RCB there, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how Chahal performs because yeah. he'll have something to prove, and I think that might benefit your boys uh, in the IPL because. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's not too um, happy about not being even in the reserves. Uh, but another piece of news that made just as big a headline as the actual announcement of the squad was the announcement of a backroom staff member. And uh, yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one and only MS. <sighs> Explain that one to me. I, I can't I really can't that because uh, I, we will ask for words as well, you know. I, I think I think when so so what happened here in India is um, you know the squad squad announcement generally happens uh, via a press conference, and this time the press conference was aired live um, you know by by one of the digital media channels, and as soon as BCCI put out the squad, uh, people were were very excited, but a li little less than a minute later it was announced that Dhoni was going to be the mentor of the squad, and no one cared about the squad. Exactly. No one cared about the squad for the next. 10 12 hours it was all about dhoni memes on dhoni uh, dhoni world cup wins uh, how dhoni was going to win the world cup and not virat kohli exactly uh, literally like everything was about dhoni and and for no small reason because you know dhoni is obviously uh, just like how sachin is a god i think dhoni is another god that we've got and with uh, trophies you know, as, yeah with trophies exactly and as cliched as it sounds i think he's one of india's most important assets in terms of the cricketing sphere so it was it was no surprise that he made all the news and uh, i'm honestly excited for that association and uh, there was actually a very very a very very interesting conspiracy theory that dhoni was the one who got ashwin into the side uh, <laughs> because ashwin obviously blossomed under dhoni but that said i i, I still think it's fantastic that kohli has someone to uh, look up to um, because as much as rohit sharma has won titles in the ipl um, you know, he still hasn't captained India at such a big level. And there's only that much that he can help. But Dhoni, with his 2011 World Cup win, 2013 Champions Trophy win, and the inaugural T20 World Cup win, I think he'll have a lot to give Virat Kohli in terms of advice off the field. So, very, very excited for this uh, alliance that's going to come up. Uh, I'm confused. Who should uh, Virat listen to? MS or Ravi? <laughs> no, I, I think he should stick with Dhoni for now because Dhoni's won the titles and he knows how it's done. Uh, and there's a reason he's there, you know, he's obviously going to be a mentor. And I, I think it's great even for... No, but uh, what's the difference between a mentor and a head coach? Uh, so that's the thing. I, I think I sort of uh, ag agree with Ajay Jadeja in some sense that I'm not really sure why this Indian team needs a mentor. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, yeah, because there's a there's a head coach, there's a batting coach, there's a bowling coach, and you can't really do much more than that. Yeah. So, 
Um, I, I, I think Dhoni is just there just for that, you know, okay, I've won trophies. I'll show you how it's done sort of an, uh, sort of an attitude. Uh, more than him actually being there to obviously he's going to guide the youngsters and even guide Kohli to some extent to tell him what to do. But eventually it's what happens on the field and uh, there's no way that Dhoni can influence that because he's not going to be behind the stumps and uh, uh, giving out advice. So I'm not entirely sure of what Dhoni's role will be. Uh, mm. But I agree where when, when we say probably it wasn't needed. But in terms of adding that hype to the Indian team taking part in the D20 World Cup, I don't think it could record bigger than this. Do you genuinely believe that uh, Ravi and uh, Virat were really involved in this decision? Or were they told this decision and didn't have much of a choice? Because if it got um, out, if it, just imagine if it got out that they said no. That would yeah. make huge headlines. Absolutely. And I, I think Jaisha also mentioned that he was the one who picked up the phone and uh, called uh, MS Dhoni. And he was really happy that Dhoni actually agreed for the role. So... I mean, I'm I'm not entirely sure if Ravi and uh, Kohli would have said no, but uh, personally, I think Kohli wouldn't have said no because uh, you know how much he's learned under Dhoni, and obviously, uh, he's he's under immense pressure to win a uh, to win a trophy. Uh, he hasn't done that ever since he's taken up captaincy. So if it happens, eventually the credit's going to go to Dhoni, but Kohli yeah. still has a trophy under his name. So I think it's a win-win. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 a strange one, but you know you can't deny. Uh, MS's experience and um, leadership qualities and what he could bring. But it's just, I think, um, a little bit, I don't know, it could put a spanner in the works in terms of there'll be uh, the passionate uh, team speech from uh, Virat, there'll be a calmer speech from <laughs> Ravi, and then what's going to, what's um, MS going to add to what those two have already said in the dressing room? It, He's not going to say anything. He's just going to keep he's quiet. If anyone there. wants anything, they can ask him. <laughs> Otherwise, he's not going to say anything. <laughs> well, we'll see how it pans out. And um, but one thing is, well, I'll ask you. I was going to I was going to give you my opinion, but it doesn't count for anything. Yours is a lot more important. What do you think of the final squad that's been picked? Are you happy with that, or is there somebody that uh, you think should have been in there? And is this a team that can win the World Cup? Oh, it's certainly a team that can win the World Cup. Um, I'm definitely not... Uh, I mean, I, I certainly think that's something that's worked out well uh, in terms of the overall squad that's shaped up. Uh, I just think we we unfortunately don't have a backup for Hardik Pandya. Um, and in some sense, if Hardik Pandya is going to be more of a batsman than a bowler in this T20 World Cup, uh, we'd probably needed to have dropped one spinner because we already have Jadeja anyway. And we have Aksar for backup. So we could have dropped one spinner to accommodate maybe Shreya Sayer in the main squad. Or even someone like, let's say, Deepak Chahar for that pace quartet plus Hardik Pandey as well. So, I think we're one spinner extra and either one batsman or one pace bowler shot. But apart from that, I think this Indian squad is fantastic. The, the first 11, I think, looks absolutely phenomenal. And uh, can't really wait for the T20 World Cup to get started. Absolutely. And um, I think it's a, it's a really good squad. There's not anybody you can argue that should be in there. Um, but the only question is, we've got... Uh, a tough schedule of IPL games to go through and we hope all these uh, 14 15 players plus the uh, backroom uh, the, uh, uh, the the guys in um, like uh, Shardul and Shreyas uh, don't get injured i think that's the big worry of the IPL isn't it yeah i, I think it's going to be it's certainly going to be a big worry because uh, obviously the T20 world cup is the bigger uh, talk of the town right now and not the IPL so uh, they'll need to keep fit, I think. But the best part is we'll certainly have match practice and on the pitches, which we will be playing the T20 World Cup as well. So uh, that's certainly going to be a big advantage. And hopefully that translates into good performances as well. Uh, because like we spoke about earlier, uh, Kohli's gone uh, through a massive trophy drought. And uh, I, I don't think there can be a better team than this to arrest that slide and sort of get Kohli his first trophy. And obviously give Dhoni all the credit for everything that happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was laughing because... Because, you know, um, we won the, uh, the series in Australia. Rahane got all the credit. <laughs> we didn't quite pick up the Potodi Trophy because of what's happened. Yeah. And now if he wins the T20 World Cup, there'll be Donny in the pack background. Donny. <laughs> but, you, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but uh, and there'll be a few memes about that as well. But absolutely incredible cricket we've had in the summer so far. You know, frustrating end, but incredible cricket to look forward to right up to the South Africa series. So, you know, it's going to be 
um, a lot of you know intense viewing, and um, it'll be good to keep up with you and uh, talk about it as we go along, as we always do uh, during the IPL. But uh, thank you for today. Really enjoyed it, and um, hopefully. Uh, I'm off to the football now, Man City in town, so there's a big game coming up for us. Uh, looking forward to that. And um, Yeah, I guess, guess who's probably going to be making his debut for United, so that's probably going to be a bigger talking point for that. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, I think uh, he's definitely going to be playing some part, if not the full game, but um, we don't have to worry yep. about that. We've only got Pep's team to worry about, so uh, we'll see how it goes on. That's why I'm wearing the cap already, but... Uh, uh, we'll see what happens. But fantastic, Prasen. Uh, great enough. talking to you as always. And uh, you stay safe, my friend. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up uh, again very soon. Take care, my friend. You do, Bharat. Cheers. Thanks a lot.